Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. But Luke chapter 10, um, before I get started, you know, we've been the last two Sundays we've been talking about becoming people of communion. Um, Just to recap, communion, all that means is fellowship. Um, Fellowship manifested in action. You know, so uh, when we say, oh, I fellowshiped or I hung out with somebody. Well, in order for that to be true, you have to what? You got to hang out with them. You have to talk with them. You have to be around with them. So in, so ultimately, fellowship, it goes beyond just the um, just the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the juice or communion juice or whatever, you know, whatever you're going to partake of. Ultimately, it is fellowship. So we talked the last two Sundays about being um, people that fellowship with God, because remember, God gave me that vision or God told me that when I said, God, what is the vision for this church? And he said, be people of communion, be people that fellowship with me and with your neighbor. Because, listen, Jesus summed up the Ten Commandments. He said, love the Lord God with all your heart and love your neighbor as your what? Self. So the same way that, you know, you treat yourself, you know, we all well, we all have those moments yesterday when we was in Jackson, you know, we ate out or whatever. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go by Freddy's. You know why? Because I deserve some Freddy's. You know, I, I had already built up in my mind, you know, what? I've been working. You know, I'm taking care of these kids. They still alive, you know, uh, you know, so I so I deserve a cup of custard from Freddy's. You know, I you know, I put gas in. I'm, I, I got I had all these this listen. I put gas in the car. I deserve some custard from Freddy's. You know, I. I let my I let my kid almost win in bowling. So I deserve so kind of, you know, because I, I could have annihilated him, but we kept it close. I, I let him win. Yep. I <laughs> could have annihilated, but I kept it close. I deserve some uh, cup of custard from Freddy's. We all have these moments where, you know, you you laugh at me, but we all had those rough days of work where, you know, it's rough and then going home. Shh, I deserve this drink from sauna. I'm going to pull in sauna and get something or I'm going to give me some tenders. I'm going to give just me a, just me a meal and the kids, they can eat what's in the fridge because I worked hard. I deserve it. <laughs> the same way we, that we love ourselves in, in that retrospect, we are to love our neighbors. So watch this. That means that we need to be like, you know what, that coworker that I don't like, you know what, I wonder what's, what's something that they like to drink or something that they like to eat. And maybe I can go and get it. Now, I'm not saying you got to go buy them a 20-ounce ribeye steak or anything like that. But at the same time, like, you love them. I heard somebody say, mm, 20-ounce steak, ribeye, mm. <laughs> But today we're going to spotlight God's desire for us to be a collective that does communion with our neighbors. And I, I love that because we'll break it down. But neighbors isn't just uh, the people we go to church with. Neighbors aren't just the people that you have things in common with. It's easy to do that. You know, and we're as a church, we're really good about uh, about uh, fellowshipping with each other. But God says it's not just enough to fellowship with our own, but we want to fellowship with those that don't know Jesus. And he the reason he put he he gave us this assignment is because in hopes that people will see the unity and the love that we have. And they'd be like, well, how, how do I get that? How do I how do I get what you have? And we and we point them back to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So in Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read verse 25 through 32. It's in the Passion Translation, so I'll be breaking different verses down. But starting with verse 25, just then a religious scholar stood before Jesus in order to test his doctrines. 
So this religious scholar, he wanted to test Jesus' doctrines, wanted to test what all Jesus knows. Um, he posed this question, teacher, what requirement must I fulfill if I want to live forever in heaven? Jesus replied, what do you read in the law? The Ten Commandments. How and how do you understand it? The religious scholar answered, it states you must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your passion, all your energy and your every thought. And you must love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, that is correct. Ding, ding, ding. That's correct. Now go and do exactly that and you will live. Wanting to justify himself, the religious man questioned Jesus further, saying, what do you mean by my neighbor? Now, I love this part because Jesus, Jesus was way better than me in this moment. You know, if it was if I was using that moment, oh, you know what I mean when I say neighbor. Don't I, I, I read your thoughts, man. OK, I know what you're trying to do. You ain't going to trap me. You can't trap me. I know. I know. I know how many hairs you got on your head, boy. All right. So quit <laughs> with the debating. <laughs> Fit your face, religious man. You know, like. <laughs> I'm glad I was at Jesus, but I love this because Jesus couldn't answer the man like that. He could have got, he could have called him out, but instead, instead of answering the man with a typical do and don't do, instead, uh, he, he ever so wisely tells a beautiful story that shows the Samaritan man doing what love does. So the way Jesus answers this guy is by telling him a story about an enemy to his race, an enemy doing what only love does. See, love awakens the doing of the right thing. Love will awaken the doing of the right thing. When you love somebody, it awakens that desire to do the right thing for them, that desire to bless them, that desire to pay a meal, that desire. Well, Lindsay, I don't know the stranger, you know, but if you can operate with the love of God, which is no matter what they've done, no matter if you know them or don't know them, still you're willing to do the right thing in their life. It, It awakens that desire. But going back into the scripture, Jesus replied after the man said, what do you mean by my neighbor? Jesus replied, there was once a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho with bandits, robbed him along the way. They beat him severely, stripped him naked and left him half dead. Soon a Jewish priest walked down the same road, came upon the wounded man, seeing him from a distance. The priest crossed to the other side on the road and walked right past him, not turning to help him one bit. Later on, a religious man, a Levite, came walking down the same road and likewise crossed to the other side to pass by the wounded man without stopping to help him. Finally, finally, another man, a Samaritan, came upon the bleeding man and was moved with tender compassion for him. Somebody say compassion. Compassion. I like the I like the fact that that verse says that this man was moved with tender compassion for him. Uh, right before we uh, right before we left Florida, I remember telling the Lord kind of kind of in a passive aggressive state. I was like, Lord, you know, what uh, what, what is it? Uh, how, how, how are we supposed to do this thing? How are, how are we supposed to how are we supposed to change Tennessee County? How are we supposed to change Lexington? He said, Lindsay, resources don't make a church relevant. Compassion does resources it's it's easy to look at all the big churches and say oh man they got this and i've even you know i've heard that among some of us you know like well we don't have the budget for this we don't have the budget for that or we can't get this yet or maybe one day da, da, da. but at the end of the day that's all fine and dandy it's great to have the the big projectors the big lights the big bands the big all these different things but at the end of the day what makes a church fulfill its purpose is not the resources it's compassion when Jesus told Peter, he said, on this rock is where I'm going to build my church. He didn't say, on these projectors, I'm going to build my church. On these LED lights, 
on uh on you know what there's gonna be a band decades centuries from now called elevation of maverick city i'm gonna build my church on that i'm gonna build my church on those songs no 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 he said right here is where i'm gonna build my church compassion is what makes us relevant compassion is listen uh, romans chapter one says it is the goodness of god that draws all men to him didn't say it's the projectors didn't say it's the lights now i'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that because one day we will have those things but ultimately jesus said um that is the goodness of god that draws all men to him is paul that said that it is the goodness of god that draws all men to him so guess what if we are operating out of compassion what happens people are drawn to us People are drawn to us. And when they and when we're operating out of that God-like compassion, they don't see you. They don't see Kevin. They see Jesus. They don't see Miranda. They see Jesus. They don't see Granny. They see Jesus. And when they see Jesus, guess what? They get to experience who he truly is. Amen. Amen. So compassion is what's going to make us uh, is what's going to make us a help to this county and to the city. So here's the question. It's not even those. Here's the real question. Am I ready to to am I ready to show compassion to each and every person that I come in contact with? You know, am I am I truly ready? So that means that when I'm at the gas station and I'm just focused on, you know, getting the gas in my car because it's cold and I want to get back inside. But I see somebody on the side of the pump. Am I willing to just engage in conversation with them? Not saying that you got to, you know, you see the other person on the side of the pump and you say, do you know what the Lord has done for you, my brother? Uh, do you know him? I said, do you know? I ain't saying you got to do all that. I ain't saying because they're probably going to look at you and say, what in the world is wrong with you? The Lord needs to do something for you because you're out here standing, shucking and jiving in the cold. You know, not saying you got to do all that. But it could be something to just, you know, do the quick, um, do, I, I wish I could remember the name of this rule, but just do the quick glance over to where if you can see anything on their exterior that you have in common with them, whether it's, you know, they might have a shirt that has a certain band or show or, or whatever, or the sticker on their car that, that shows them that they like something, shows you that they like something you like, or better yet, you're just like, man, it is cold outside. Everybody can relate to this coldness. Everybody could relate to it. I could definitely relate to it because we were blessed. Uh, we were blessed to not have to deal with this coldness for the last couple of years. So um, uncle makes fun of me. But like when I walk outside, I feel like I'm going to pass out. <laughs> feel like it. My knees do not like it <laughs> at all. So everybody could relate to the coldness. What I'm saying is, do you have are you ready to operate on that level of compassion to where you can show compassion to each and every person? Amen. Amen. Verse 34. He, stu uh, he stooped down, the, the Samaritan, he stooped down and gave him first aid, pouring olive oil on his wounds, disinfecting them with wine and bandaging them to stop the bleeding. Lifting him up, he placed him on his donkey and brought him to an inn. Then he took him from his donkey and carried him into the room for the night. I want you to notice the first priority of the Samaritan was administering first aid. That's crazy. Of all the, I mean, yes, the, the, the wounded Jew, the wounded man has a lot of stuff going on. And the first thing the Samaritan does, he gets off his donkey and administers first aid. I know we all, we all are smart in here, but understand first aid is emergency care given immediately to an injured person with the intent or purpose of first minimizing injury, future disability, and in serious cases, it's necessary to keep the victim alive. So the Samaritan, he sees this man and the only thing he can think about is how can I keep him alive? Woo. 
First priority, not, not thinking about who did this, not trying to figure out, not trying to investigate, not trying to tr uh, check his credentials, not trying to you know, find out his name. No, no, how can, let me, can I, let me just keep you alive first. How, how's your heart? Oh man, you're bleeding. Let me let, man, you know what that can set up infection. Let me disinfect it real quick. But also watch this. Remember the man was naked. Man was naked. And I'll be honest, if I was Samaritan, I'd be like, oh, mm. uh, yeah, uh, we, we need to call somebody. You know, let's get back on the donkey, right? Let's go get somebody else. To, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll do that. When I worked at the hospital, everybody, you know, when I would tell people I worked at the hospital, they're like, oh, you, you, no, 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 let me get straight. Let me get straight. I work in the office part. I don't, I don't do good with the blood. I don't do good with the limbs and all that stuff. You know, I'm a, I'm an imaging index specialist. But even, uh, even when uh, the doctors would be so, so courteous and kind to take pictures of the before and after of the procedures and stick them in the files, and I'm just scanning along and I see it, and everybody in the office would laugh because they knew that Lin they knew when Lindsay got the file that had the pictures. Because all of a sudden it's just quiet, and that's when you, know, you hear, ah! 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 you know, they laugh, Lindsay, it's just a picture, I'm like, oh, oh, you know, so I close my eyes and, you know, scan it real quick, and then close the, close the file and, and put it at the very bottom, and then I go wash my hands, and, and you know, I just, I don't, I don't do good with that stuff, I, I don't, there's people in the world that can handle that, I'm glad, with my kids, I can, I can handle a couple cuts and stuff, but if, if something gets open and I can see into, I don't, mm -mm. nope, go to your mother, go to your mommy, that's why God gave you two parents, okay, I do this part, she does that part, all right, I know my place. I know my role, and I'm okay. I'm comfortable with it. Some people aren't good with understanding their place. I know my place, all right? Do you know your place, all right? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, do you know your role? <laughs> uh -huh. It's either going to be you or the doctor, all right? So that's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. But understand this, the man was naked and still the Samaritan saw that his appearance, watch this, his appearance wasn't ideal. It wasn't kosher or politically correct. He saw that his appearance was the opposite of what was popular and still he showed him compassion. Still, even though the man was naked, that didn't matter to him. He was just worried about keeping him alive. At the end of the day, so many times that we look at people's appearances or we look at their track record or we look at their history and we let that be the factor if we're going to show them compassion or not. When Jesus is saying, uh-uh-uh-uh, you, you got to move past all that. Doesn't matter what they've done. Doesn't matter how many times they've cussed you out. Doesn't matter how many times they said they're going to come to church and don't. Doesn't matter what they've done. Doesn't matter what they said. Or doesn't matter what you think they're going to do. Doesn't matter if they got holes in their jeans or holes in their, in their worship. At the end of the day, we have to show them compassion. We have to show them compassion. Amen? Amen. So the man was still naked and still the Samaritan administered first aid. So also on this, uh, the one great thing about the Samaritan is this whole this whole moment. Um, I'm going to skip ahead for a minute, but um, I was, remember I was talking to Kelsey earlier this earlier last week about this story. And I told her, I said, maybe I forgot some of the details growing up because I, I remember um, the first time I heard of the Good Samaritan. It was through the McGee and Me video. I don't know if y'all I'm dating myself, but McGee. All right, Kevin. Kevin, you know, I'm not surprised that you know McGee and me, man. You know, I'm finding out me and you have a lot more in common, and low-key it's a little scary. So, <laughs> I was telling Kelsey that, though, that I said, man, we got a lot in common. So, it makes me wonder, was you raised by Letha and George, too? Uh, <laughs> and Granny. 
<laughs> so, but yeah, but like in McGee and Me, you know, it has the story of the uh, Good Samaritan or whatever, and it shows McGee like uh, it shows it shows this this guy gets beat up and all this stuff. You know, they got to make it a little physical as much as possible, and McGee comes and bandages him and all that stuff. Um, but I forget, I, I forgot in that moment. But the ma- the injured man was a Jew. The injured man was a Jew. Now, Lindsay, what does this have to do with anything? Well, the Good Samaritan, it's a type and shadow to the compassion and kindness of God. Because while we were sinners and enemies of God, Christ died for us. See, the injured man was a Jew. And the compassionate man was a Samaritan. And see, Samaritans and Jews, they did not get along. Because most times Samaritans were, were, uh, were a race mixed with other different races, other different ethnicities. But Jew, like in order to be a Jew, you were born a Jew. You was born a Jew. Your mama called you a Jew. You're always going to be a Jew. And Jews, when they would look at Samaritans, they would look at them and they would look down on them and call them half-breeds because they weren't pure, uh, pure-blooded. And because uh, the Jews looked down on them, they treated, they treated them differently, treated them wrongly. And the Samaritans, because they knew the Jews looked at them less than, they didn't like the Jews. So therefore, the Jews and Samaritans, they had this feud. The best way to describe this, watch this, uh, uh, the best way to describe their feud or the best way to describe what um, um, the, the magnitude of what the Samaritan did for the Jew would be to understand it or look at it in this narrative. It would be like a black man helping a white man in the 1920s. It would be it would be like a Native American showing compassion to a European settler or it's equivalent to the Jews showing compassion to a Nazi soldier. They were enemies. They were enemies. They did not like each other. They were fighting. They were willing to kill. Why? Because they thought uh, they thought the other was less than less than they thought that they weren't worthy of anything. But still, the Samaritan man was blessing his enemy. The, the fact that he blessed his enemy is a type and shadow of the Son of God dying for those that were enemies to him. This whole story, it's, it's, it's supposed to point us back to how truly good God is. That the fact that the Bible says that while we were still sinners, also we were enemies of God. But while we were sinners, Christ died for us. To, to, to bridge the gap, to, to convert us from enemies to friends of God. And the Samaritan, yes, he sees him. Oh, I'm pretty sure he knows he's a Jew. It's not that he's bandaging him up and like, are you a Jew? Bruh. And, and gets up and gets back on his donkey and walks. No, no, no. <laughs> this is the Lindsay Mountain translation, you know. I'm, I'll, don't worry, we'll get it printed and we'll ship it out. You know, one day we'll be reading from the Lindsay Mountain Translation. All right now, you just get to hear about it. <laughs> but, you know, still, I'm pretty sure the Samaritan knew who he was helping. And still, that didn't matter. Still, that didn't matter. And I love the fact that the first thing he did was try to keep him alive. Try to keep him alive. Try to keep him alive. How, how many of us are aware of the people that we go to work with? How many of us are we aware of their mental state? Or the state of their heart. You know, one of my uh, favorite books I read back in the day, a few years ago, is actually uh, um, right after Kellen was born. It's called How's, How's Your Soul? And I remember um, the author describing um, the importance of our soul as, you know, when we all get home, we all have those, those, uh, those, um, those, those places where we, we can throw our keys down, throw our wallet, put our phone when we walk in the door. I remember the apartment we lived at when Kellen was born. We had this spot right in front of the door that, you know, that's where your keys, wallet, whatever's in your pocket just went there. You know, it always clutter up and stuff. But at the end of the day, like if you was missing your keys, your wallet, your phone or whatever you had in your pocket, you went to that table because it was going to be there. 
you know, but that ultimately that was a comfort for us. That was a physical, mental comfort for us because it was in our home and it's where we can unload. When it comes to your soul, where is your soul unloading? You know, ultimately, as Jesus followers, our souls should be unloading in the presence of God. That's why worship is so important. That's why, you know, sometimes I'll say he's been waiting on it when we're singing and lifting our hands. I'll say he's been some for some of us. He's been waiting on this moment right now all week. Why? Because he 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 enjoys us unloading on him, not because he he finds uh, he finds joy in all your little uh, frustrations and all your little disappointments. No, no, no. He enjoys because he knows that if you can unload all your burdens, if you can cast all your cares on me for I care for you, my uh, my yoke is easy and and it is light and I will put what's on me on you and it will free you. It will liberate you and it will remove every heavy yoke, every heavy burden off of your life. Now, we understand that's for us, but do we understand that that can be for the people we work with? Or do we understand that that could, be the, uh, that could be available for the person that takes our order at the restaurant or the person on the other end of the drive-thru that don't sound like they happy? They just sound like they there because ain't nobody else there. Are we willing to be like, you know what? Ask ourselves internally, I wonder how's their soul. I wonder how's their heart. I wonder how's their mind. And we just do a quick checkup and say, you know, when they're giving your money back, especially in the drought, they're giving your money back. How are you doing today? Oh, yeah, I'm okay. Okay, well, you know, and we just be led by the Lord. You you only got a, a split second, maybe a, a minute at the most, because in the drive-thru, you know, we all understand nobody wants to wait in the drive-thru. Nobody wakes up in the morning and thinks, oh, man, I can't wait in the drive-thru today. <laughs> nobody thinks that. So you, you got to be quick with it. But watch this. If you spent the week praying, reading, worshiping and meditating you know ultimately i used to i used to say this when we lived down there and even in bristol but sunday as far as for those that are on the worship team or or leading in any aspect whether you're in kids service or or greeting or whatever it is ultimately sunday is just an overflow of what you've uh your time with god throughout the week and if you haven't spent time with god come sunday it shows you know when you go to the gym you know or better yet when we go to the doctor uh, we all go to the doctor. We we have that. Uh, we schedule an appointment. We have reminders on our phones. And right before, maybe a week before you go to the doctor, we all start, you know, trying to sleep a little better, go to bed a little earlier, try to change our little, our, 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 what, eat less snacks or eat the right kind of stuff that way when they do the test. And, oh, you know, your BP, it's, it's right now. Oh, yeah, show sure is. You know, or whatever. We try to adjust. Why? Because we know that when we get to the doctor and they do all those tests, the results of the test are going to be uh, based off of how we've lived our life, you know, from the last appointment. Whether it's been a month or two months or six months, or whatever it is, Sunday is just an overflow of what you've done throughout the week. So that, that conversation that you have with somebody else is just an overflow if you've been spending time with God or if you haven't. Amen. See, the Good Samaritan is a type and shadow uh, to the compassion and kindness of God, because while we were sinners and enemies of God, Jesus died for us. Jesus died for us. And I know I may mention to it earlier, but I, I love the song, Try Jesus, But Don't Try Me. I love it. You know, I, got, I can quote it, Try Jesus, Don't Try Me. Because I throw hands, you know, we laugh at it. But I remember I was, as I was as I was um, typing this up, the Lord, he, he began to challenge me. And I and my flesh never likes it when he challenges me. But that's a good sign when he challenges. Why? Because he knows that there's more in us. Amen. Amen. And as I'm typing this, I don't know how how it come about. But I, I instantly think I'm like, oh, man, Lord, this probably means I can't sing that anymore, does it? 
I'm like, I, 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 I can't, I can't say, you know, try Jesus, don't try me, Lord, because it, it's, it's fun to say, but at, ultimately, if we're going to show compassion to others, then watch this. If we're going to truly be Christ-like, then we shouldn't, then uh, our motto shouldn't be Jesus, you know, try Jesus, but don't try me. Our motto should be try Jesus or try me. We are one in the same. If we're truly going to follow Jesus, then our motto should be try Jesus or try me. We're one in the same. If he loves you, I love you. If he's healing, if he if he's willing to heal, I'm willing to heal. If he's willing to bless, I'm willing to bless. Why? Because we are one in the same. Why? Because my uh, my my I breathe, I live, my existence it's found in Jesus. We said that last Sunday at at chapter 17 verse 28. We live, we move, we have our being in him. And if we're in him, then guess what? We are one in the same. And because we're in him, we're in the father. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm not apart from my father. I don't do anything uh, separate from my father. If you see me, you've seen the father. So therefore, our motto should be, you know what? Try Jesus and try me because we are one and the same. There's nothing different between me and God. Why? Because I've, I, I'm living, I'm trusting. My, I have this firm persuasion in who he says he is. Amen. Amen. So therefore, watch this. We have to look and say, OK, how does Jesus, how would Jesus deal with this person? And ultimately, in this conversation that we're reading, Jesus didn't snap at the guy. Like I said earlier, if it was me, I would have been like, bro, you know what the answer is. You know, I know how many hairs are on your head. Get to stepping, all right? Quit, quit testing God, you know. But Jesus, instead of uh, smarting off, instead of being sarcastic, instead of putting him in his place, he beautifully tells a story that answers the guy's question. Do we have enough patience to practice patience with people? Do we have enough patience that when people are getting testy and rude with us, do we have enough patience to take a deep breath and try to figure out another way to explain our answer in a way that they're going to understand? Do we have enough patience? Do we have enough compassion to not go down that road of, you know what, I can throw hands too. Watch, watch how fast they are. You know, do we have, do we have that? And if we don't, then that's why we need to be spending time with God in order to develop that. Because none of this happened before the wilderness. None of this happened before Jesus fasted and prayed in the wilderness. It happened after. And that's intentional. That's one, one, uh, one type of shadow to show us or one example to show us that, you know what? Fasting works. Fasting works. Prayer works. Lindsay, I didn't fast 21 days. Well, it's okay. Tomorrow you can take some time to read. Tomorrow you can take some time to pray if you want to fast a meal or if you want to fast a show, whatever it is. But it, it, there's, there's something that it unlocks and there's something that it decompresses within you. John 3.30 says that as we decrease, he increases. Amen. Man, I, I wonder what, what, it, what, what decreases in our life. Probably the, the rudeness. Probably the snappiness. Definitely talking to myself. Probably the hanger. Whew. Talking to myself. But those things, they begin to decrease and he increases. What, what, what about him increases in our life? That joy. That joy, that patience to deal with people that that don't uh, that don't respect us at times or better yet, respect rises up within us. Confidence in who he said he is and doubt begins to dwindle. Amen. Amen. But, yeah, we our motto should be try Jesus or try me. We are one in the same. How he feels about you is how I feel about you and how he would treat you is how I'm going to treat you. Amen. Amen. Somebody say communion. Remember, we're talking about communion with people. We're talking about fellowshipping with our neighbors. So uh, we are to be people of communion with God and with our neighbors, no matter what our differences are. 
no matter what our differences are. No matter what our differences are. In verse 35, the next morning, uh, the Samaritan, uh, the next morning, he took his own money from his wallet and gave it to the innkeeper with these words. Take care of him until I come back from my journey. If it costs more than this, I will repay you when I return. So therefore, the Samaritan intentionally set it up to where he would have to come back and check on the injured man. He would have to come back and check on the injured man that was recovering. Let me let me say it this way. He set it up to where he would financially contribute to the injured enemy of his race. He set it up to where he would have to come back and check up on him. And then he set it up to where, like, if there's anything else he owes, I'll pay it. Now, I know I know some of us maybe not in this room, but I know some people be like, you know, yeah, I helped you once. Now you, you got to get up and go. So, you know, like you got, you know, you come, you stay the night. All right. Tomorrow, new day. You got to go, you know. Three days later, I remember uh, I used to have this rule growing up. Uh, I, I don't know what happened. I, some rules I kept and some rules I didn't. I guess it was the grace of God. But I used to say that whenever, uh, if ever I had somebody uh, come over, um, I remember telling mom and dad this. They would just laugh. Granny would laugh. But I would say, I'm going to apply the Jesus rule. And they said, what's the Jesus rule? Well, you know, Jesus came. He died. Or, you know, Jesus died. He did all he was supposed to do. Got back up and, you know, surprised everybody in three days. So you could come over our house, eat our food, hang out. And three days later, you got to be gone. You know, <laughs> and dad would say, it don't work like that, Lindsay. I'm like, Jesus did it, God. You know, dad, like, Jesus could do it. Everybody else could do it, you know. So I don't know what happened to that. But I remember, yeah, in college, I didn't really let too many people, like, come over and hang out. You know, I, they come over and hang out. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, 10 o'clock. All right, 10 o'clock coming, yeah, you know. Got to go. Well, who's hoping to spend a night? Mm, I might give you a day, you know, depending on your situation. Three days tops, but, you know, at three days you got to go. But that's not what compassion looks like. The Samaritan intentionally set it up to where he would have to come back and check on the now injured but recovering juices man. So understand this. Uh, your act of compassion can't be a one and done. Your act of blessing somebody, it can't be a, a, a one and done. We used to say in high school, it can't be a one hit a quitter where you just do it one time and it's over. No, 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 no. It can't be where we are nice to someone one time and we never go back to check on them. Or it, 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 you, you don't need to bless somebody one time and you never go back to check on them. Or you can't say a quick prayer about somebody, but you never follow up with them. If we are going to be people that fellowship with our neighbors, we have to uh, we have to pray. We have to bless and we have to be people of the follow up. We have to pray. We have to bless and we have to follow up. I'm going to say that again. We have to pray. We have to bless and we have to follow up. We have to follow up. Follow up is important. Amen. Amen. We pray. We bless. We heal. We love and we follow up. Somebody say we follow up. Because follow up definitely shows it shows the people that, you know what, well, this person does check on me or this person really does care about me. You know, because it's easy. You know, you see the person on the street and we saw somebody yesterday, very talented dude. It's easy to be like, you know, uh, you know, yeah, put put some money in the in the hat or, you know, I, I need a dollar, you know, give them a dollar or whatever it is. But how many of us are following up on the people that God puts in our lives? How many people how, how many of us are following up on the people that God puts in our life? And and I as an adult, I understand it. But I remember as a kid. Mom and dad, anytime I make a new friend, I would always roll my eyes because, you know, if mom would meet them, well, Lindsay, did you invite me to church? Oh, when I was a kid, granny be the worst. She'd be like, it's not now. She'd pick me up from school. Lindsay, is that one of your friends? Yeah. Do you think they want to come to church? You invite them to church? No, granny. No. Ah. 
You know, because I, I don't want to be I don't want to be the kid at school having to explain what shout music was and dancing <laughs> and praying. You know, let, let me tell you, let me tell you a funny story. All right, we got a little time. I remember sophomore year of Spanish one, Miss Simo, Spanish one. Bless her heart. I don't know where she at, but Miss Simo, shout out to you. But I remember uh, we're, uh, first day, you know, they, they put us uh, in order. Or they, they were, uh, she was working on putting us in order as far as alphabetically. So we just sat where we was. And I'm sitting beside this one dude. And, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's got everybody's ear. He's talking and stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, might as well get to know him. He, seemed, he looks kind of cool. So I, I introduced him. I said, hey, my name's Lindsey. Um, he said, oh, okay. And uh, he said, my name is Randolph. And I said, oh, okay, cool. That's, that's a cool name. You're all Randolph. I never met a Randolph. I said, what's your last name? He said, Burkhead. I said, oh. I was like, brother. I said, I got no, you got, what's your middle name? He's like, Valentino. I was like, woo. <laughs> and I told him I never followed through on this. So we're talking about being a follow through person. I didn't follow through on this. But I told him, I said, man. I said, can I borrow that from one of my kids? Valentino. <laughs> It's like you can have it. So we're talking and stuff. We're chopping it up. And I said, "Where'd you?" Uh, I said, "Where'd you go to school?" He's like, uh, "South Haven." I said, "Oh, okay, okay." I said, uh, "You probably live on that side of town." He said, "Yeah." Um, I said, "He said I live on 200." And I was like, "Okay, 200? You live on Highway 200?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Man, uh, my grandma lives on Highway 200." We're talking da da da. And he said, "Who's your grandma?" I said, "Arnell Carver." Miss Arnell? Miss Arnell's your grandmother? I said, "She is." But I get nervous. I'm like. Yes, she is. Oh, I love Miss Arnell. I love her, man. She can pray, can't she? I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about, bro? And by that time, I'm kind of lower my voice, like, what, what, what are you talking about? Like, you know, we we in a stat classroom. Like, lower your voice, man. Like, what you? And it's like I remember, like she uh, she let me and my my dad and my uncle we borrowed some stuff from her one day, and uh, they told me to take it back. So I, I got ready to knock on the door. I just heard her. She was like, man, she was shouting and getting it. And I was like, you know what? I didn't want to interrupt, interrupt her, so I just sat down on that little bench out in her carport. I just waited about a few minutes, twenty minutes, and when I heard or I heard her say, man, that's when I run the doorbell. I was like, oh, okay, okay. But the rest of our years in high school, he knew me as the kid that had the praying grandmother. And you know what? As an adult, I'm like, man, what, a, what an honor to have. What a reputation to have the fact that he knew me. He knew that there was somebody in my family that can call heaven down. There was somebody in my family that can call heaven down. What's, what's our reputation look like? Does it look like we are the one and doneers where we, we, where we bless people one time, we, check, uh, we, we may write them a check or may, uh, may pay for the meal one time, but we never follow through? See, your reputation is speaks for yourself. And uh, almost 15 years later, <clears throat> I see Randolph at Walmart, and you know what he says? How, how's Miss Arnell? <laughs> how's Miss Arnell doing? And then you know what I say? Man, she's still praying heaven down. <laughs> and he's like, man, she can pray. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I might have her pray about some things. Because my girlfriend did, and I'm like, all right, Randolph, all right. <laughs> But still, 15 years later, that's the reputation that he has of me, the person that has that praying grandmother. That's why I said, what does our reputation look like? Does it look like we are one and doneers or we are people that follow through? We are people that, uh, that uh, we, we put action behind uh, what we say. You know, I love that song. He's a man of his word. Why? Because, you know, he, he, he means what he says. Jesus isn't just someone that, that uh, uh, or God isn't just someone that printed this Bible of rules or lists or do's and don'ts or, or beautiful stories. No, no, no. God follows through. But watch this. God follows through through you. Through you. So there, there's, there's a level of pressure. There's a level of weight upon that. 
So when people, you know, when people think, well, God isn't the God of the follow through, well, that, that's a you issue. Because we have a we have a book that proves over and over that God follows through. In fact, God, God, you know how I know God is not a one hit wonder. He's not a one and done. He's not a one hit acquitter. Why? Because Jesus, the work of Jesus wasn't just enough for uh, for what we needed, but also he sends us the Holy Spirit to live with us every day, every hour, every second. Jesus intercedes for us every day, every hour, every second. His mercy renews for us every day. God is in the business of following through. And he follows through through the person you see in the mirror. Amen. So therefore, when our co-workers say, man, God doesn't love me, you better check yourself and make sure that you're showing them that he loves them. Because God loves them and you're in their life to show them that. Well, Lindsay, I don't have the nicest co-workers or I don't have the, you know, my co-workers don't go to church. Well, guess what? You bring it to them. Not saying you got to preach, not saying you got to open up the scripture, not saying you got to take up a love offering or slap the bacon grease on them. But you sh but church. And at the end of the day, that's not what church is. Church is showing the love of God to them. Church is a group of people, the bride of Christ, people that are married to his uh, to his uh, to the things of God, people that are married to his love, people that are married to this firm persuasion that God is who he said he is always and forever. And that's what they need. That's what they need. Amen. Amen. So watch what. So watch this. Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, verse 36. Now tell me which one of the three men who saw the wounded man proved to be the true neighbor. He asked the religious man that. Jesus refers to this man, refers to the Samaritan as a true neighbor, which means that if we're not echoing the same type of compassion, then guess what? We're fake neighbors. Even better yet, even it's not even better yet, it hits harder. If we're not echoing that same type of compassion, then we're not, we're not, we're not showing Christ. We're not Christ-like. Because ultimately, Jesus is saying, if you want to if you want to follow me, you got to have the same like the same type of compassion because Jesus had the same type of compassion to the point that he, you know, endured death on the cross. Now, how many how many just show of hands? Anybody ready to go get on the cross for their co-workers? Ah, ah, you know, anybody ready to go get on the on the cross for that one person that, you know, is slow at the checkout at Walmart? Just <laughs> A lot of us, we we're saying some other things, <laughs> you know, anybody, you know, well, even though I love Freddy's the whole time we're at in the drive through, I'm reminded of how slow they are. And I'm just like, Lord, I deserve this. I don't deserve this waiting. You know, are we ready to are we if any of us ready to go on the cross for the person that was holding up the drive through line? No, Jesus did that for us. Jesus knew that we couldn't. God knew that we couldn't. So therefore, he sent himself in the form of Jesus. But however, Jesus has done that. And now if we're going to follow him, we echo that same type of compassion. We echo it. Otherwise, we're fake. At the end of the day, otherwise, it doesn't matter. Well, Paul said it best in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You can you can speak with the most unknown tongues. You can you can preach the house down. You can bless to be uh, you can give away all your possessions. But if you don't do it in love. Compassion and love, they're twins. If you don't do it in love, guess what? It doesn't count. It doesn't count. It's just making noise. It's just, it's just making noise. It's just making noise. Somebody say compassion. 
So let me end with this. In, in verse 36 and 37 in Luke chapter 10, even though we read verse 36, I want to reread it again along with 37. <clears throat> Jesus says, so now tell me which one of the three men who saw the wounded man proved to be the true neighbor. The religious scholar responded, the one who demonstrated kindness and mercy. Jesus said, go and do the same as he. Go and do the same as he. In Luke chapter 37, I'm going to read it in the mirror translation. In the mirror translation, it says this right here. Same thing, but just a little bit different, a little bit heavier. <clears throat> Verse 36. So of these three, who would you say became a neighbor to the man who fell prey to the thieves? The man answered, the one who embraced him with care. And Jesus said, mirror this same mercy in your journey through life. Mirror this same mercy through your journey in life. I like, I like the fact that that phrase is added, through your journey in life. We all understand our life is a journey. But it, it, gives us, it gives us that implication that, you know what, you can't just bless somebody one time. You can't just pray for somebody one time. You can't just check on them one time. Well, Lindsay, you know, I, I, I got kids. I got responsibilities. I got bills. Not saying you got to check, you know, not saying you got to check on them every day or not saying you got to check on them every hour or whatever. But I remember when we was living in Florida, this one college student, he asked me, to, he's like, Lindsay, I want you to help me be accountable for something. And my flesh, inwardly, my flesh was like, ah, like, I can't even remember to pick up pampers or pull-ups when I need to be pull-up. Man, bro, you a grown person. Why I got to be checking on you? You in college. You got parents. <laughs> you know, like, let them check on you. <laughs> Why I got to do it? I remember getting in the car. I'm like, Lord, ah, Lord. Why me? You know, we all have those petty moments where we're before the Lord. And if you ain't that transparent in your prayers, then you need to get that transparent because that's what he wants. He wants the honesty. Well, I'm just honestly telling y'all. I was like, Lord, why me? Like, and we just had Kellen and Keenan Beth. I was like, God. And I remember I was low on gas. I'm like, ah, Lord, I got to get gas. I can't remember to get gas. I got to, why, why, why? And he's like, Lindsay, he wasn't asking you. He was asking me in you. I'm like, <sighs> I begin to cry. Okay, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry for, I'm sorry for being selfish. Now, I didn't tell y'all, before I got in the car and had that moment, I told him, yeah, man. You know, I, 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 I faked it until I was convinced. But I was like, Bro, brother, I will. I, yeah, I'll do my best to hold you accountable. I gave him the disclaimer. I'm not perfect. Or I'm not perfect. I even now I gave him the I gave him uh, the 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 grainy answer. I was like, no, listen, I got my own responsibilities. I got two kids. I got a wife, you know. But I will do my best. I will do my best to check in on you as as I could. And then even as I'm driving and having that moment with the Lord, the Lord gave me a hack when I got back to the office. So I would, and I encourage y'all to do this, I would set a reminder on my phone. You can go in on the calendar app if you have Apple. I don't know what you do with, you know, every, all the other stuff. But in Apple, you have the calendar app. And, you know, uh, for us, we have, we have three different uh, groups uh, on our calendars. We have family, work, and then um, have something else. I think it was church. So, um, but I would set it, I would set it on the family one, and it would be a reminder every um i think it was every other day or whatever at the same time or i would have it set to spread at times and it would say check on and i'm not gonna say the name but check on blah 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 so i'll be working or whatever da, 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 and i get a notification check on da, da, da. i'm like all right so i text them like hey man how's it going and even i had to turn it off this year because it was still notifying me and i would i would text them like hey how you doing how's it going 
and I would be super spiritual, just be, how's it going? Or, you know, and he was, uh, he was studying to be a pilot. And I would say, hey man, did you fly anywhere today? You know, and I would, uh, and he was like, oh, you know, flew, uh, flew about uh, an hour at night last night, but you know, I got back there and I would text him like, oh, you know, you know, you're just flying at night like it's nothing. While me, I'm changing diapers and putting kids to sleep like it's nothing. You know, but ultimately that's what compassion looks like where I'm, where I'm following through. I'm following through. It's not just a one and done. It's not just a, you know, oh, I, I see you, so I might pray for you. No, no, no. It's a follow through. Are we willing to be the people that follow through? You know, it's not enough to accept Jesus's commission for our life, but we have to follow through. We have to follow through. Somebody say follow through. But uh, the mirror translation literally says mirror this same mercy in your journey through life. I like the fact that it uses the word mercy because see mercy renews for us every day. I'm about to hit. I'm about to step on your toes. Mercy renews every day. God's mercy for you renews every day. So watch this. That means that means your mercy for that person that you don't like. It's got to have a it's got to it's got to it's got to have a, a end date and a start date again. It's got to renew every day. It needs to renew. If it's going to look like Jesus, if it's going to look like God, then what they did to you yesterday, it's got to that 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 resentment, that aggression, that pa- all of that. Twelve o'clock midnight's got to start over. You got to have new. You got to have a new zeal for that person. You got to have a new. You know what? <sighs> In fact, what they say at the at the post office where I work at, they say especially during the, the winter months or not winter months, but during the holiday season, because it gets so crazy and hectic. They say, hey, don't worry about today because tomorrow it'll be a memory. I, I love that. I was like, OK, you know, now now my supervisor, you know, when we missed the package, she, she wasn't echoing that same thing. But my my trainees or my trainer, she would tell me that in order for me not to worry, because understand this at the end of the day, once you clock out, it's over. It's over. Tomorrow, it's a, today, what happened today, tomorrow will be a memory. Tomorrow's a new day. Can we echo that same type of mercy? Can we echo the God like a mercy uh, that he, he has for us? Can we echo that for the people we don't like? Can we echo that for the people that mistreat us? And we was nice to them and they still mistreat you. Can you echo that same mercy? And watch this, not just once, but all through your life. Well, Lindsay, this person did this to me in school, or this person said this about me, or this, da da da. I seen somebody the other day in, in Walmart that I thought instantly what they did to me in seventh grade. I'm like, and the Lord checked me. I was like, hey, man, how you doing? It's good to see you. It's good to see you. And I couldn't lie and say it was good to see you when in my heart I'm like, I don't want to see you. I'll beat you up. Let me get some tomatoes. I'm a, you thought I forgot. I ain't forget. I'm a grown man now. I can handle you, bro. You know? I could have been like that, but instead in my heart, I truly, when I said, it's good to see you in my heart, I determined it really is good to see you, especially living in this day and age. I don't know what your life has been through, but it is, I'm glad to see that you are upright. Can we have that same type of posture in our hearts? Can we have that same type of posture? And I'm not saying that we all haven't been through stuff because we can all, so we all can, and can write on the wall and fill the walls with all the different things that we've been through. But at the end of the day, if Jesus can renew mercy, if God can renew mercy for each and every person on the earth, so can we. Amen. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think there's really anything to add to that command. I don't think there's any way to really break that down. But ultimately, we have to mirror the same, the same way that Jesus has treated us. We got to mirror that. Otherwise, we're fake. Otherwise, we're fake. 
otherwise we're fake. I'm going to say that until we get otherwise we're fake. Otherwise we're fake. Even if, even if next Sunday if somebody asks you, man, how was your week? You know what? It was, it was a week, but you know what? I spent my week doing. What did you spend your week doing? I spent my week trying to mirror what Jesus does for me. And there would be nothing wrong with that. That would, that, to me, that would sound like a successful week. That would sound like a week of somebody living out their purpose. That would sound like a week of somebody saying, you know what? Jesus has done this to me. I'm going to do it to somebody else. Now, Lindsay, why do you bring up the enemy so much? Because it's easy to do that for people we know. It's easy to do that for people we love. But like I said, you see that one person that done you wrong or that one person that spread a rumor, that one person did whatever, or that, 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 that squabble that we have with our friends and coworkers and family members or spouse or whatever. It's easy to hold the resentment. It is easy. But I'm pretty sure it's easy for Jesus to hold resentment as well. But he chose not to. The Bible says that even in the moment of accusation, and this is somewhere something that I have to master and have not, one day hopefully will. But the moment that they was accusing him, you know what he said? Nothing. As they were accusing him, nothing. He didn't say nothing. And I'm like, Jesus, bruh, Jesus. They called, they accused him of all these false accusations. And he didn't say anything. But we all, the moment somebody accused us, something, hey, hey, uh, -uh. I didn't do that. I may do this, da -da -da, but I didn't do that. I didn't, I didn't do that. But can we have that same sentiment? Can we have that same practice? Can we have that same posture of, you know what? You can accuse me all you want to. I'm going to love you through it. I'm going to show compassion. It's important. So the, the vision for this church, the vision for this house is for us to be people of fellowship with God and fellowship with our neighbors. Where we are talking, we are praying, we are loving, we are worshiping God, but also we are talking we're praying for our neighbors. We're following through. We're checking up on them. I'm pretty sure we can all think of, right? You don't have to mention them. You don't have to blur them out. You don't have to point at them if they're in the room or whatever. We can all think of somebody that we need to be checking up on. Maybe somebody that you encountered last week or, or a month ago. Or watch this a lot of times, at least for me, randomly, somebody will come before me in my mind. Now my flesh will go on Facebook. I'm like, man, I ain't seen that person while I saw on Facebook. I'm like, oh, that's what they're doing, da, da, da. But a lot of times when that happens, it's not for you to troll them on social media. It's not for you to, to be all up in their business. A lot of times it's an inkling from the Holy Spirit trying to get you to check on them, trying to get you to show them. Watch this. Trying to, he, that's that, 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 that uh, notification from heaven trying to get you to be a conduit so he can flow through you to them. So he can flow through you to them. So the next time a random person comes up on your mind that you ain't seen in a while, you ain't talked to in a while, or you ain't, you know, visited, check on them, follow through. Because God is trying to reach them, and how does he do it? He does it through us. He does it through us. How did God reach us? He did it through someone else. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, thank you for what you've done today. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for making us people of communion. Lord, encourage us to fellowship with each and every person that we come in contact with. Doesn't matter, Lord, uh, what the differences are. Doesn't matter our feelings. Help us to move past our feelings. Help us to move. Help us to 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 get out of our feels. Lord, yes, we're not we're not negating all the mistreatment that we've experienced, Lord. But at the end of the day, Lord, if you can do it, so can we. If you can do it, so can we. If you, because you've done it, so will we. Lord, let that be our prayer 
Let that be our prayer. Help us, Lord. Protect us, Jesus. And encourage us in all things. In Jesus' name, everybody say.